My name is Matt Brown. Watch Zach on the right taking the field. Oh, oh dear. And let's start the show. You could have came and got me at, at 16, and it did. Now I'm torn up against you, bum ass boys. Fuck the commanders. What's happening, everybody? The world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023, the day before Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving Eve, the biggest bar night of the year. We are about to kick off a full holiday weekend, Thanksgiving weekend. You have the big bar night tonight. You have Thanksgiving Thursday. You got Black Friday, Saturday. You got an NFL Sunday and a Cyber Monday all in the span of the next five or so days. And yeah, the great American holiday, as they say, and let's keep the tradition going. We stay thankful and we just continue to live our best lives. And we have a very good NFL show for you coming up. And before we get into all of the good stuff, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding the show across all social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, X and Twitter at ProcConvoPod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations and Facebook at Productive Conversations. So what a week. Week 11 in the NFL season. We've got about six weeks to go after this. And no, wait. Yeah, six weeks to go. No, it's no seven weeks. Yeah, week 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Yeah. So um, six more games after this. But regardless, though, we are clearly seeing some division races getting implemented and coming down to the wire where every game counts now. We're seeing teams tank. We're seeing teams go for home field advantage. And yeah, we do have November games next week, but after that, December is a crucial month and you want to play meaningful December games. So why don't we get into all of the action? And for the next hour and a half, we will break down week 11 in the NFL season and look ahead to week 12. Oh my goodness, this is uh, getting real. But we are excited and ready for it. Just so I have your attention, so the way this is all unfolding for this week in Productive Conversations, two shows this week, we are ha- we have our NFL show this week, and then tomorrow, instead of our college football show, we have a tweet cap. No college football this week, though for what it's worth, number two ranked Ohio State is playing number three ranked Michigan, both undefeated at 11-0. Michigan is your three-point favorite to the big house, and I'm going to take... The Michigan Wolverines at minus three with all the momentum they have going after the sign stealing scandal and a lot of people in Ann Arbor on Jim Harbaugh's side and playing an Ohio State team, though, that though they are very tough, I think uh, the Michigan Wolverines are a little better. So give me Michigan at minus three there. So that'll be our college football discussion this week. And um, we will bounce back with college football next week. But focusing now on the pros, a big NFL show. We'll talk about Burrow's injury. We'll talk about Zach Wilson getting benched. We'll talk about Tommy DeVito. The Lions' insane comeback. The Chiefs and Eagles juggernaut Monday night football matchup. And a lot of other good things. Bars and Hayden are with me for this podcast. So let's have a productive conversation on week 11 in the NFL season. So let's do it, everybody. Bars and Hayden, it's your guys' turn. Let's talk about week 11 in the NFL 
and look ahead to Thanksgiving week and week 12. So let's do it, everybody. Here we go. This is a very productive conversation. What's going on, everybody? Week 11 of the NFL season has come and gone. And it's only led to some very interesting things to talk about. So we got some big games. We have a Super Bowl rematch. We have a Jets benching that we've been waiting for for a long time. We got Chami Cutlets. We got Lions with the Lions having a great comeback. Lots of good stuff and lots to get into. So let's get to it. Week 12, sorry, week 11 of the NFL season. And we will look ahead to week 12. Mr. Bars the God and Hayden Nadler are with you. Yep. What's up, gentlemen? What's going on, Matt? What up? Hayden, what's up? What's up, dude? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to have you. Very thankful. I'm glad you're back because I've been ready to talk junk to the Jets. Talk to you mainly about your Jets. Oh, my God. We'll talk more. We'll talk about that. (laughs) Let's get honest with it and let's have a productive conversation. First things first, before we talk about the New York Jets... Let's talk about the Super Bowl rematch that took place on Monday night. The Eagles won by score 21-17, a battle throughout. But the Chiefs make too many mistakes. They have too many drops from their receivers. And they could not capitalize in crucial moments, leading to the Eagles winning and on top on the road. I think this game shows that the Chiefs clearly clearly have a receiving problem. And I called. The Eagles really are the best team in the NFL. And I will say also called the Eagles to win simply because of the man the man the Manning cast curse. If there is a player who is on the Manning cast, they will lose the next week. Patrick Mahomes was on the week before. They lose to the Eagles. Trevor Lawrence was on the week before that. They get destroyed by the 49ers. So if there's any lock you have, pick a quarterback on the Manning cast or any player on the Manning cast and pick against them the following week. I did not see the Manning cast. I would just watch the regular broadcast. So I don't know if there was one this week, but um, just food for thought, but yeah. Tell me guys, how do the chiefs who mostly have the same receivers as last year with the exception of Juju is gone. He's in new England. Um, and yeah, that's pretty, it come to mind. McCall Hardman left, but he's back. And yet, the uh, Chiefs still having trouble on offense. Uh, their defense certainly has improved, but I think the Chiefs seem more vulnerable. And even if they get a top seed in the AFC during the playoffs, they're a beatable team. The only uh, receiver I feel you could trust is Rasheed Rice, and um, he's barely been facilitated for whatever reason. But the Chiefs, guys, you feel they're beatable and vulnerable at this point? Um, I mean, yeah, I do. I do. But that being said, like, I mean, they, this is the best defense Mahomes has had in his tenure um, with the Chiefs. And I feel like this is also one of the better running games he's had. So I actually feel like this is going to be a good formula come come um, come January, come January and February. Um, I don't really feel like this is as dominant as a team as they've had in the past. Um, but I think some of the key elements that maybe they have been missing in the past, like a great defense and a running game, actually is going to be able to help take a load off January. So I, I do believe this is still the team to beat in the AFC. Um, despite despite maybe them not being as dominant, um, I think the, the the strength of this team will be able to help carry them in a cold weather game. Um, like when they have to play, for example, like they could be versus Jacksonville, whether if that could be a home game for 
for Kansas City. Um, I think that being able to really run the ball is going to help Kansas City beat Jacksonville. Um, and I just don't really feel like there's another team in the AFC right now that is so, so much head and heels, head and heels above them. Um, Miami, Miami hasn't been hasn't been good versus teams over, over 500, so they they have a weakness there. Um, Baltimore just lost their best tight end to Mark Andrews. Um, I mean, I like Jacksonville, but I mean CJ Stroud. They could they could even lose the division to CJ Stroud and the Texans. So I think it's going to be very um, interesting um, going down going down. I honestly think if you're going to look at a team that maybe – I think Denver is going to challenge them for the division, I think, at one point. I think Denver is going to be only going to finish a game or two behind them this year. Um, I actually love what I've seen from Denver. so um, And that's actually one of the teams I think is going to sneak in the playoffs. So um, Kansas, City still say is the favorite. Kansas City I still say is the favorite in the AFC, but, I mean, that's only because I, I, I haven't been as impressed with the AFC as I thought I would be coming into the season. Um, I will say this. I will say this. You like making wild takes. You like making wild takes that the Broncos. Man, yeah, look, look, look at look at the five and five teams right now. Look at the look at the six and four teams right now. You're gonna tell me that you wouldn't have Russell Wilson over. Look at who's five and five. The Indianapolis Colts are five and five. Pittsburgh Steelers are six and four. Clay, St- the the Browns are seven and three. Um, you're telling me you wouldn't have Russell Wilson over all those all all those quarterbacks of teams in the in the, in the playoff chase. Las Vegas. He, he like, gonna talk about the Steelers. The Chargers. Like, you're telling me you're telling me you wouldn't have Russell Wilson over all those teams in, in the bubble right now. Because I feel like they have a significant advantage at quarterback, Russell Wilson, who's been playing like his former self, and they've won four straight. So I think he got lucky in that last one. But listen, like I don't know, that was a wild take. I will say this, right? That it was, it was just, it was. I, I knew, I knew the Chiefs were gonna go down. Like, yeah, their wide receiver core is like you know subpar, but it's more than that. Then they lose an offensive coordinator. Like people were sitting there, like I don't know. Was it Byron Leftwich? Like the enemy. was the call. Um, Eric uh, Bianami, sorry. Um, so it's like it's like, yeah, come on, come on. Yeah, I, I'm always making you 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 make wild takes and I always make a mistake. So it's like we're we're balancing out. Um it's like, yo, the enemy, they asked like, oh was B enemy the offense? Yeah, he was. You kind of look at it, yeah, he was. It's 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 a little bit more than just their wide receivers not like like operating like the offense just isn't the same when you kind of look at it it's just not the same offense they've been running while he was there so you kind of gotta you kind of gotta give it to that um and the eagles just played a good game like they started off very solid defensively they kept them good uh valdez scaling is a good receiver you know what i'm saying he's not it's not that he's a trash receiver. i mean i think i think what's gonna make a catch the Eagles, what they have this year, they have a legitimate running game in DeAndre Swift. Like the Eagles, like you could argue that mm-hmm. that in crunch time in the last two minutes of the game, Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback in the league right now. Like he's he's incredibly good in it. Like they're they're battle tested more than any other team in the league, like in my opinion. And they're nine and one. Like all they do is they win every close game because they have Jalen Hurts who can get the tush push for a yard. There's no other team in the NFL that can really get that yard like quite like the Philadelphia Eagles can. Yeah, and everyone else defense, keeps fumbling and with that defense. Get hurt. With, with that defense, you have a great defense, Fletcher Cox. Um, Brandon Graham, you have Dar- Darius Slay. Um, Sweat. Dar- Darius Slay. Like, you have a lot of great players on the defensive side of the ball for Philadelphia. Um, and Nick Sirianni, oh. done a great jo- Nick Sirianni's done a great job with that team. Um, so, I mean, that being said, like, I- I- in my opinion, Philadelphia is the-, the most complete team in the league, both sides of the ball. But, I mean, I think it's a credit to Philadelphia. I don't really think it's anything against, um, against, uh, 
against Kansas City. I just think Philadelphia right now is the best team in the league. And it should be 10-0 had they not given up the game to the Jets. Literally, like, if Jalen Hurts doesn't throw that interception, literally gifts the game to the Jets, they'd be 10-0. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's more of a juggernaut that, that Philadelphia Eagles are really, really good teams. And, I, you know, I agree with that Philadelphia being a great team take. If we go back to the beginning of the year, I'm pretty sure I said they were my top team in the NFC. And then I, I put the Lions up there, too. As yeah, yeah. Sleeper. I mean, I mean, I'll give my top five teams in, in a little bit. I, I mean, for it's crazy to me that four of my five, four of my top five teams right now are, are from the NFC, and I thought the AFC was going to be the the better conference. So that's that's, that's what that, that dynamic too, of the NFL. The the AFC is just like uh, top heavy. You feel now, the saying? AFC's been a little bit of a disappointment this year. I I, I thought it would be a little better because you hmm. figured the Bengals would be good. You figured the Bills would be a little bit better. Um, I mean, Baltimore. Baltimore right now looks like the best team besides Kansas City, but for now they also now, just lost Mark Andrews, and they don't have they don't really have a number one receiver, so they have some issues and, there. And yeah. we'll see how that goes. Mark Andrews going down is a big thing for them, right? So we'll get there. We'll get there. But um, ultimately, in my take, it was just a good. You know, I, I called the Eagles to win this. Um, I think what they went under though. That was, they they went under instead of twenty twenty one. Was again twenty one seventeen? Right, that's final score. Yeah. Yeah. What was the over, what was the over under on that one, man? Off the top of my head, it was probably forty four. I guess so. We just so that, but it, it was close. It was as as a whole, but it was close. I mean, the game was close. Um, it didn't it help was. with um also Travis Kelsey having a off game again. That was his home girl there, special girl. He did say. have a touchdown though. Right, he did, but you know. <laughs> Didn't cross the uh, seventy mark that I thought he would get, but that's my problem. But um, yeah, here's you know, the thing: was gonna let nobody hit parlays for sure. Here's the thing: at the end of the day, the Eagles are unstoppable. It's gonna be really hard to beat them, and they were not intimidated whatsoever against this Chiefs team in their home, in their in their house, and they were able to play solid football throughout, and they were able to complete the comeback. For the Chiefs, um, clearly it might come back to haunt them if they lose a crucial game due to having receivers drop passes. And if you look at their schedule, they play the Raiders, who are a tough team clearly right now. They play them this week. Then they go to, then they play the Packers on a Sunday night. Then the Bills, that's not going to be an easy game. Then the Patriots, um, they should handle them pretty handily. Raiders again, and then the Bengals. So yeah, pretty the, the easy schedule. schedule is, is pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah, so pretty tame for them, but we'll ultimately see what can happen. But they have to figure out what they have and um, see if they can make the most of it. So The Eagles the Eagles can go to the Super Bowl pretty much. Pretty much. this year. No, San Fran's pretty good though. San Fran, if they health is the issue with San Fran, we'll see. But as long as they're healthy, like they stayed healthy this week, they um are going to be a force to be reckoned with. But this let's week, talk about a New York team. Were. But before the debt, the Jets actually, we'll talk about the New York Giants as they handled the Commanders by a score of thirty-one to nineteen. That's Tommy Cutlets, Tommy DeVito has a stellar three-touchdown game. Even though he was sacked nine times, and this is off a commander's team that lost two of their best pass rushers, and shows that the offensive line, no matter who's behind there, Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, or Tommy DeVito, somebody's going to get hurt. But luckily, Tommy DeVito stayed in there, and Saquon played a good game, and the Giants simply had their number and was an awesome win. Now, for all the Giants fans complaining about draft picks, 
and uh, you know, winning. They were coming into the this week. They were second overall. Now they're fifth. Personally, you got to remember that the players are playing, and um, they don't care about tanking. It's the coach and that staff that um, take those losses either way. But I mean. As long as Tommy DeVito, I reckon that the season's not going to go anywhere. It's a nice game, nice win for the Giants. It was sweet for Tommy DeVito to to win. Now, you know, obviously people want to be overripe for some reason. I don't think Tom Tommy DeVito's a savior or anything. Give me a couple more games of him playing really well. But regardless, it was just a fun win. And it'd be nice if they could keep the momentum up. But um, that's really all there is to say. The commanders are... Um, Lame duck. Ron Rivera is probably playing his final is coaching his final games there, and both teams are just ready to restart. And um, there's a solid football game for you betters out there. But anything to add with the Giants? I mean, give the Giants a little bit of credit. They're still playing for this coach. Um, give Tommy DeVito yes. a little bit of credit too. I want to say he was the first quarterback in in Giants history to have. I want to say what was the number? I, th- I want to say it was like three touchdowns or more. Um, he has like five five touchdowns more in, in two starts. His first two of his first three starts. So that's why he's the first quarterback in Giant history to do that, which is pretty impressive considering the Giants have been around for as long. So give Tommy DeVito a little bit of credit. Um, you know they could have easily just tanked him the whole season. Just said, hey, we're we're not playing for anything. Give it up. Um, that does say a little bit about the coaching staff and Brian Dable. Um, so that's a good thing. It leaves a little bit of a, a better taste in your mouth as a Giant fan. Like I I don't want to see my team you know getting losing you know. I don't want to see my even if I'm a Jet fan or I'm tank. I don't want to see my team losing every game by 20 points. So at least it gives you something that you know. At least they're still fighting. Um, this offense can move the ball a little bit. Um, and Saquon Barkley is that dude. Like in my opinion, Saquon Barkley is one of the most explosive backs in the league. So if they can just get him healthy, get a quarterback next season, um, you got to be a little bit happy about the. You got to be a little bit like. You got to give them Shane and Dable a little bit of a break because I mean it's year two under them. You have one playoff appearance already. You have a playoff win, so I mean you're gonna have your bumps and bruises, but you know it's good at least that they're sticking with the long long term. And I I think Dable and Shane should both be back, um, as opposed to their offensive coordinator. I don't know exactly know about Kafka, um, but I'm just just as a New York sports fan, it was good at least to see them showing some heart and fight and and showing that at least Saquon can be that explosive back that he was. Because I, I have said this numerous times, um, coming out of college, uh, Saquon Barkley was the best back I ever saw coming out of college and in, in his first year, probably since Adrian Peterson. So hopefully you can get back to being that player. Excellent take, Hayden. And I agree with you. I, I, I said here, even though I accepted that the season was over two weeks ago, that this team is still worth watching and still fighting for. That's the point of being a true fan, right? And yeah, Saquon with a great game on the ground. And I think if anything to show, that with the running back position, are we more are is an offense better with a running back by committee or one solid strong option? I think if you want to go back to the Eagles, who had a running back by committee last year, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gadenwell, um, Boston Scott, you know, it only took them so far. But then having an established running back like a DeAndre Swift coming in makes a whole lot of a difference for that offense. And we could talk about the contracts disputes with Saquon. And he's on a franchise tag now. But if anything, I think he's worth the investment in the offense and give him a long-term deal. I mean, he was much more valuable than Daniel Johnson. It's not even a question last season. Like, they, they don't win without Saquon Barkley. Like, I'm sorry. You can you can Clearly. win 
It's it, it was a joke. People were even saying that's that's Saquon Barkley that Daniel Jones is more valuable to the Giants than Saquon Barkley was because when Saquon Barkley literally like hold the offense last year. Like if if you know if he didn't rush for almost fifteen hundred yards, they would have not won. So it all has to do with Saquon. Um, I, I think you can actually build a if Saquon Barkley can't stay healthy. I think you can build an offense around him. Actually, I believe that. Yeah, the time will tell. Just the clock is ticking in real quick. But um, saw so went for the Giants and Commanders. And I'm oh, sorry for so I went for the Giants against the Commanders. And, and also Ron Rivera is going to be gone next year. So, but I mean that being said, like this is me. Just I actually do think the enemy's done a pretty good job at the OC with the with the Commanders, considering that Sam Howell's almost leading the league right now in passing. So I actually do think he's done a pretty good job. And I personally, I believe that he should get a head coaching job, Eric Bieniemy. Like oh. I, I think it's ridiculous he hasn't got a job yet. I feel like at this point, I feel like at this point. He should have got the head coaching job after this game. You look at the stats, uh, they completely out like outgained the Giants, except in yards per play, which is incredible because like New York only had 292 yards of offense in total. So <clears throat> sorry, when you look at it, Ron Rivera should have been fired right then and there, right after the game, because this is incredible. You literally, I mean, the GM got we gotta talk about the GMs too, like. Like oh, somehow Mayhew, the gym. <laughs> like we gotta talk about it, we'll, and then we'll like, talk about it. We'll talk about it. A very like, specific like, game and, and, when you look and, at it in a bit. Penalties killed them. Three interceptions, three fumbles. Man, I think just but let it ride out. A great game for the Giants. Good win for y'all. You know, we can. I'm not gonna take anything away from them boys. I will just just beat down on the Commanders for this one. Yeah, listen, Commander season's done as well. There's no way they're going to make the playoffs. Ron Rivera's a class act. Let him let ride out the rest of his coaching career and then leave gracefully, and they can start with, you know, whole new front office, got new owners, and a new day for the commanders. So let's move on and talk about the New York Jets. Oh, my gosh. This is just... Simple as this. Jets lose by a score of 34-6. to Zach Wilson plays... Poorly. It was, uh, it was 32. 32 Sorry, six. excuse me. 32 to 6. The Bills beat the Jets 32 to 6. Zach Wilson did not have a good day. He's benched in the third quarter. And after the game, the coaching staff did not commit to him. And it was confirmed earlier this week that Zach Wilson is now the third string quarterback for the Jets. Tim Boyle is starting this week. Trevor Simeon is his backup. Simple as that with those facts. I let, I open the floor to the New York Jets fan here and Hayden Adler. I mean, it's just dis- disgusting. But I mean, I've been saying the same thing every year. It's a putrid offense. You know, 24 and 52 and five years of GM. I say the same thing every week. Get a new GM. Get a new quarterback. Get a new head coach. Get a new OC. Completely start over. I'm just mm-hmm. so I, – I, I can't curse the show, but I, I'm so tired of Blow this crap. I'm so tired of this crap every every week, every year. Um, it's just the same thing every year. The offense is is horrific. This this genius this genius GM. I, I'm gonna say genius in quotes. Said he was gonna fix the line. The line's as terrible as it ever is. The line same thing every year. It's awful. Jets can never sustain any of these injuries. They should have had a backup plan at quarterback when Rodgers went down. You could have signed Carson Wentz. You could have signed Jameis. You could have signed Joshua Dobbs. There was about 25 billion. Andy Dalton probably. 25 other billion. There was 25 other options that were better than Zach Wilson. And to, to put us out with this absolute crap. And I'm not saying it's all Zach Wilson. It's not. 
Um, the free agency signings have been horrendous. Dalvin Cook has been awful. Um, Lazard can't catch can't catch a Lazard can't catch a cold in Antarctica. He's I mean Lazard is awful. Hmm. I mean beyond that, they can't utilize the fifth rounder they just drafted, Izzy Abakanya, the running back. They can't utilize him either. They haven't used Jeremy Ruckert, who's another tight end they drafted. They pretty much haven't utilized any of their draft picks because we have a GM was a moron and basically screwed up the 2020 draft, screwed up the 2021 draft, put us through a 2-14 and 14 season where they almost went 0-16 to tank for this piece of garbage at quarterback. I mean, oh, my God. It's just – it's horrendous. Everything is horrendous. Um, and it's frustrating because you, you have an elite-level ch- champion – not a championship-level defense. I'm not going to say that, but definitely a playoff-level defense if, ever, if you could move the ball a little bit. Um, and this is just another year. It's not the defense's fault. This is the first bad game the defense had all season. They, they've actually the Jets have won four games this year in literally which they haven't won. They haven't beaten a team from start to finish the entire season. They have, they've won four games in which they literally have been gifted wins. Uh, Philly gifted them win with Jalen Hurts. Uh, Russell Wilson fumbled the ball away. They lost that game. Um, they won that game. Um, the Bills what was the other game they won. Week one. They beat Buffalo because you know that Josh Allen gifted us that game too. So they literally haven't beaten a team from start to finish, literally the season. Like it's just a bad football team. It's it's a terrible offense. There needs to be about five billion things to happen for this team to win a football game, which surprisingly it has. But I mean, they're they're finished. Just look forward to twenty twenty four. Maybe they finish the season with some pride, get a couple of wins, which would be nice. Um, you know, pad, pad the stats a little bit. Um, show this team. Hopefully, the defense could show that this team still cares. But I mean, we're going to be looking for a new coach. Going to be looking for a new OC. And if, if it, we have my way, for, I would, he's gotten three years too too long, in my opinion. This this terrible GM, the, the worst of football, in my opinion. So if it were up to and, me, we'd get rid of the GM, which I think he's going to stay. But and the whole Zach Wilson part of this, you know, we, it was so when we had that horrific injury with Aaron Rodgers. Everybody, some people said season's over right away. Maybe that fundamentally was true. Well, you should have not put knew. all your eggs in a basket they with knew. a four-year-old quarterback and no line. Season was over. Because, you know, he has no line. He's 40. Like, you know. Like, yeah. You and they couldn't have. But. And the most frustrating with the Josh Dobbs being traded twice for a six-round pick each time. It's 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 upsetting. I, mean, I can see is, that. This is coming off a team that just fired your OC. Like they were in disarray too. Like Buffalo's not been not Buffalo hasn't met expectations either. They just got rid of Dorsey and you know Joe Brady looked pretty good, but you know I, I can't I can't really say anything. Jets will probably well you know what honestly I mean, people are gonna laugh when I say this. When they play Miami, that's gonna be a game in which nobody expects anything from them. They're, they'll probably keep it close because nobody expects anything. Tim mm-hmm. Boyle will have a you know some something crazy will happen on Black Friday, but. You know, dude, <laughs> wouldn't that be that, poetic justice? That's, that's all I have to talk about this game. I mean, that's that's it. Like, you know. And it. the last thing to add, I have to ask you. So, Pat, so Aaron Rodgers, we know there have been reports about him wanting to return to practice in December. There is, you know, he goes every week on Pat McAfee. He shouldn't, he shouldn't on, return this year if he's not healthy. Right. I agree with you. It would be. It would be a waste. And but you got to also draft got hurt a quarterback. Again. Draft a quarterback for his succession plan because even if he's healthy next year, he's only giving you a year or two, a year or two at most. So draft the quarterback next year. Yeah. So adding on to those takes, the one thing I do want to ask that he uh, made that he was talking about was you know Jets are four and six. 
And he was on Pat this They're today. They're not out of it. I understand what he said. I, I understand. I'm not I'm not disagreeing. I, I listened to the McAfee show because, you know, it feels like him and Pat McAfee, you know, I, I you know, I'm not going to, I can't say what I want to say, but him and Pat McAfee are like best friends all of a sudden. So, and, so, uh, so you don't agree with him saying like, you know, no, put up, do you think no. they will put up a fight like he wants, no, like he was no, alluding to? No. I, I think, I think they'll, they'll win a couple of games down the stretch maybe because they'll, they'll play someone who won't be with their quarterback and maybe they'll win it a game or two, but this is a six 11 team or, or, you know, so Great, and great Jerry I'm also, I'm also looking at head coaching candidates for next year. You got Ben Johnson from Detroit, the OC. They should look at. Um, so you, you do think that candidate. they're going to get? I, I think, you think they, they will fire Sala yeah. with yeah. um. They'll, even they'll fire, Rogers won't save they'll him. Probably, they'll fire Sala, but they'll keep Joe Douglas. That's what I think will happen. Mm. So they're gonna. They. I would look at like Jim Harbaugh. Take a look at. I'd even. Look, I'd interview Bianami from Washington. Um, I'd interview. Um, I'd interview, like I said, um, Harbaugh too, B- Ben Johnson, the enemy. Um, two college coaches I look at. Um, if you're looking at someone who really built the program from the ground up, I mean, this is a name that nobody's going to think of. Like, I, nobody, people are going to say it's preposterous. I mean, suggestionist, but I would think of Willie Fritz at Tulane. Actually, he's done a really good job with that program. I would actually, if I, I would take a look at it, maybe he can build the Jets program from the ground up. Um, and that's really, you know. If you're going to look at an old name, maybe try to get like Bill Cowher out of retirement, but he's a little past his prime. But <laughs> it's just not too many great. It'd be a hard, you know, hard convincing. To look at. So, I mean, they're going to. If I were them, I would also give a look at. We can't Bill Cowher. Interview, back at least the interview like their, their D coordinator and their special teams coordinator, like Brent Boyer, who, I, in my opinion, have done a pretty good job there. The special teams coordinator has been pretty good, Brent Boyer. And I like um, I like Ulbrich. So, at least give them an interview. But I mean, whoever whoever they draft that, whoever they have a head coach is going to have to be able to an offensive guy. They've they've never really hired an offensive guy besides Gase, and you know, so you got to try that again. Well, hey, it makes clear. It makes clear. Um, I think uh, Salah will stay because he has that um, Rogers oh, factor after, here, after, and he after, will after say, season, no, I, I I don't think that, but I I think they're more likely to keep Douglas than than Salah. But hey, he himself said that, you know, I was never been able to coach with behind a real quarterback. And, you know, they have this. It's going to be unfortunate if Sala is the one to blame. And the person on our on our graphic today is Zach Wilson um, and Robert Sala going down together. That is the picture I have this week because it is funny symbolism. But it seems at the end of the day that Joe Douglas was the one behind the scenes telling him to start well, Zach Joe Wilson Douglas, every Joe week. Joe Douglas should have been gone after 2020. He's gotten three extra years, but. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a whole nother conversation, but yeah, uh, and it's just I, I'd rather, the Rogers I, factor is telling him yeah, telling Woody I, I, what to I've do. I spent too much time complaining about the Jets, so hopefully we'll talk about another team that maybe is as bad as us. So, <laughs> mm. well, we'll, we'll uh, keep it moving with the Ravens and Bengals game this Thursday night. Oh, this game! If you're a Bengals fan, you are very upset. So, story coming in, Joe Burrow. Is he hurt or is he not after playing uh, the Sunday before? On a short week, we even saw him with a um, wrist brace, a brace on his wrists. Um, and it turned out that he, in the game against the Ravens, he tore a ligament in his wrist. Season's over. Um, pretty much season's over despite being 5-5. Five and five. Uh, Browning, you know, God bless him, put up some of a fight, but I don't think he's able to take this team to the next level. And... 
you have the Ravens scoring 34 points. Lamar Jackson being stellar in the pocket. But as Hayden mentioned, you know, this team is very, very good despite some holes. But can they overcome those holes like they figure out who the number one receiver is? Zay Virus is good, but he doesn't really score touchdowns. Um, Odell mean, Beckham Jr. has been... Um, what they're going to have to up. do is rely on Gus Edwards to run the ball, and they're going to have to rely on that running game. They're going to have to, you know, Lamar Jackson's going to have to be a stake-free football, which throughout his entire career, he's done a really good job. Like, when Lamar Jackson's healthy, like, all this team does is win. Like, I, I've been saying it. I've been saying it for years. Like, Lamar Jackson's probably I, – I think he's the most underrated pass in the league. I actually think he's a really good passer. Like, that's a, a difference between me and, and Ronaldo. We used to have a little bit – that's one thing I, I will say. I, I think he's wrong on that. I actually think, like – Lamar Jackson's a really good passer. Like, he can fit into those tight windows. Like, he does a great job taking care of the ball. He understands his role in the offense. And, like, there's no reason why Baltimore this year, especially this year, can't win the AFC. Um, do I think they're going to go into Arrowhead and, and win that play Kansas City? Do I think they could beat Arrowhead with that great defense in Kansas City? I, I would be inclined to say no. But that being said, this is, the, this is in my opinion, the best year they've had to, to get to the Super Bowl since um, – since that fourteen and two year with Lamar and winning one MVP, because I do I do feel like with in a contract year Lamar Jackson has been has been awesome, and you could always rely on their you can always rely on their run game. You can always rely on Lamar Jackson to move the ball, and what I think is really honestly a difference maker, which a lot of teams don't aren't really realizing. You have one of the best kickers on the planet, Justin Tucker, at the end of a game who can make a kick. So if not the best, if not the best, so those are things I think going in Baltimore's favor. Um, do I think a number one receiver is going to have to step up? Yes, I do. Um, Zay Flowers is going to play. OBJ started to come on a little bit. I want to say he did a 100-yard receiving game recently. So it's actually good that he's starting to come along. And he's scoring um, touchdowns so, too. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to be dangerous. Um, I think the backup tight end is going to have to produce a little. He's not going to be Mark Andrews. Placing Mark Andrews is really tough. But I, I definitely like what I've seen from Baltimore. And I think Cincinnati, unfortunately, just with Jake Browning at quarterback, is going to have a tough time. Yeah, it's 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 um. Cut their losses. I mean, it's it's not going to happen this year. And like you said, they were they were a Super Bowl favorite coming into this, and you know it is what it is. Now, bars. What is your take on these two franchises right here, right now? I mean, you know, uh, first of all, injury sucks. Sucks for Joe Burrow. Um, the Ravens. They wishy washy, man. I'm gonna lie to you. Not even because I'm a Steelers fan. It's just because it is what it is. Lamar is an exceptional passer. He is. And their biggest strength is running the ball. But once they get the ball running, they need that receiver, like a Mark Andrews, who just went down. So both teams suffer an injury. Um, both injuries are critical to them winning the playoffs or to them making the playoffs, in my in my opinion. Or if – well, I, I think – the 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 Bengals, the Bengals making the playoffs is few and far between at this point, but at least for the Ravens, they can make the playoffs. But their sustainability in the playoffs will come around to that injury in itself, because like we just talked about, Zay Flowers like, is good. This this is what you're not mentioning. What 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 teams in the AFC right now really have a number one? Like Jack, Jacksonville. I mean, you could say Calvin Ridley maybe is a number one, but Kansas City certainly doesn't have that. If you want to say Miami. Miami maybe with Tyreek Hill, but Ty- Tyreek Hill hasn't proven they, they haven't proven they could be a team over five hundred. And Buffalo's inconsistent. Let's say even Buffalo makes the playoffs. Like Buffalo maybe. We'll see what's good with Miami. So like, we'll see what's good with Miami. When no, we the get teams there. right now. The teams right now. I mean, is 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 Kansas City really? In, is is Baltimore really in that much different of a position than than uh, Kansas City right now? 
And I think I, if I, they I, play Kansas City, Kansas City would tear that up, tear that up. I really would. That's the difference. I, I think because more so of like the type of team Kansas City is, though. Like they almost won that game against the Eagles. We like Valdez Scantling makes that catch. It's a different conversation we have today. You feel what I'm saying? So I mean, you're, like, you're ultimately going to say that because of Mahomes, but let's say Mahomes isn't on like Mahomes like level. They're they're a little bit of a they're they're I I, I would still take. We not having this conversation. Mahomes is that dude. I do believe Mahomes is that dude. Um, but and I'm not sold on Miami beating beating uh teams over 500. I'm just I'm not sold on that quite yet. Um, if Miami can do that a little bit down the stretch, it may be a different conversation. But right now, I think Baltimore has a lot of the same issues that some of these other playoff teams do. And I feel like they're a little bit more consistent and that they have a lot of continuity on offense and with that running game that they can make a Listen, little bit. Ultimately, ultimately, attrition and injury will be the downfall of all these teams. But like main like mainly right now, for that my for that uh for that Ravens receiving core, they just lost a big piece. Legitimately. Yeah, definitely. And I'm ain't no one showing yeah, that they can that's, step that's, up. That's, that's, that's definitely a big piece. He got to do more because he's a Super Bowl champion. He's supposed to be one on that team. Like, yo, listen, I've done this. You know what I'm saying? Let's do this. Like, you should be getting that receiving core tight. You should be mentoring Zay Flowers. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, that's just my take on it. But remember there's still a lot of season left left to play but i think the ravens are really are in a really yeah, really good really they're in a good place ravens right now they're in a really good place but let's i really see think what, they're going like, to get they better do with that in the long run and i think they're going to play much better with that you have a super bowl winning coach behind them remember and um somebody who's taken some much weaker teams to deep run so correct ball go baltimore go that's what i have to say to that uh, and uh the Bengals the, uh, will be uh, the doing with the name coming up. The Dolphins. That's what we should talk about. We can get into that right here, right now. Okay, we had the Miami Dolphins play the Las Vegas Raiders this past week. This Raiders, t- the spread coming into this game was fourteen points, and the Raiders came in and played a heck of a game, even though they just fell short. The Raiders were able to pull it off. And the, uh, I'm sorry, the Dolphins were able to pull it off this time, not from their speedy receivers, but it was their defense that stepped up with Jalen Ramsey having two crucial interceptions, including a game winning one. It was very exciting to see, but Hey, little too close for comfort for Miami. And, um, Chan did return to the game. He did return. He had a cameo appearance. He only had one playing. I heard again, not put on the IR. He may come back. Um, as early as this week, probably begging more next week if it's not as serious as they projected. But um, Miami, though, pulling off the victory, you can't be that confident coming into it, as mentioned before by Hayden. They yeah, are that... uh, they are winless um, against 500, a uh, team above 500. And um, they know how to handle bad teams. And clearly a uh, team that's right at 500, they... Uh, we're struggling against them. I so. mean, you know, like you, you got to be who's on your schedule. And like Miami's done a pretty good job. They've, they've beaten the teams that are on their schedule. Like they're, they're seven and three. You can't fault them for that. I mean, they play the Jets. The, the next four games are the Jets twice, the Commanders and the um, and the Titans. So they, they, they should win probably 75% or more of those games. They should in all, in all seriousness. So, I mean, you win three of those four games, you know, you're at like – you're at 10 wins right there. It's probably going to be enough to get you in, into the playoffs. So Miami's a playoff team this year for sure. 
Um, they have a lot of different, they have a lot of speed on offense, assuming a chance healthy. Um, Raheem Mostert can run the ball. You still got Tyree Kill, um, Jalen Waddle. Um, don't love exactly what I've seen from the tight end position, but I also think yeah, Tua Tagovailoa actually is has been actually awesome when he's when he's been on the field, and I I like what they're doing with um. I like what they're doing with um Mike McDaniel. Um, so I mean, it's kind of really hard to evaluate Miami because I haven't really played anyone. I think we'll, we'll see at the end of the season when they play the Cowboys, the Ravens, and the Bills. We'll see what they're really made of. Um, if they can hang around with those teams, that will give you a good sense of how, how the team really can compete. Um, but, I mean, like I said, you, you got to beat who's on your schedule, and that's all Miami can really do. Um, so, um, you know, it's it's good to see Tua Tagovailoa playing at an MVP level when he's been healthy the last two years. I think that's that's a, an indictment on Mike McDaniel that he's done a great job as head, as head coach. Um, it's also good to see that their defense played well versus uh, the Raiders. Um, that being said, they have Aiden O'Connell, who's not exactly a Tom Brady or Mahomes level type of quarterback. So it's kind of hard to really evaluate that. And they're going to be playing a bunch of, I don't want to say shitty, but I mean, a bunch of, a bunch of crappy quarterbacks um, coming up. So it's going to be really hard to see, um, you know, it's going to be hard to see how, how good they really are, but you know, um, we'll see. That's all I really have to say about this game. There's not really that much to say. Um, Oakland, uh, the Raiders are a team that's without a quarterback, Aiden O'Connell. They're with, they're with a new head coach and, uh, and on the interim basis, Antonio Pierce. So there's not really much to really evaluate about this game. So that's all I have to say. Um, I pretty much agree with his take, too. Um, I do like what I saw, little sparks from the Raiders' offense. Antonio Pierce definitely got them in the right direction. Um, I will say... I pretty much agree with your like your entire take on that one, man. Like I can't really find an argument in that. Um, I think that Tua Tagovailoa looks way better than he did last year. He looks like last year he was poised, but taking those couple of hits, I figured like and all that talk, he knows what to do now. I mean, the one the one I will say that maybe people aren't realizing is that Miami's a hot weather team, and you know when they have to go like if they're gonna have to go to a Kansas City or a Baltimore playing yeah. in the cold. Um, with Tua, that could be that could be actually an, an area of weakness. Like same thing with Jacksonville too. Like these hot weather teams, is, they don't really play as well in the cold. So that could be that could be an issue going, moving moving forward in the season. But I mean, coming up coming up, they have the the Titans, the Jets, and the Cowboys all at home, and then Washington. They're going to be playing at the Commanders. That's going to be a cold weather game in Baltimore at on twelve thirty one. So it really depends. If they're playing at home versus versus away, and they could and they could win three out of four of those games reasonably if they're actually. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so. I agree. I agree. I agree with that. Um, I got the you know, in the AFC, I got the 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 I got the Dolphins being a sneaky pick. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I I'm I still taking Kansas City because of Mahomes. That's what I'd still take. But like I, I agree, Kansas City's probably not as good as they were last year. But like it, there's just no one. There's no one in my opinion who doesn't have flaws in the AFC. So it's going to be tough to to say. That's correct. Top heavy. They're very yeah. top heavy. Hmm. Like I said, the, the, my top four, my top four, my five teams right now are in the NFC. I got Dallas, Detroit, um, San Fran, and and Philly as my four, my top five teams. So you know. So let's talk about the Browns and the Steelers. Deshaun Watson mm. was announced earlier this past week that he will not be playing for the rest of the season due to this, a shoulder this injury. This game was infuriating for a Justin. I'll, 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 you know, I'll talk hmm. about it a little bit after you, you got it. it. Dorian Thompson Robinson came back 
and he led the Steelers, sorry, he led the Browns at home to another victory, and he led them to a walk-off field goal. Um, now, they did sign Joe Flacco. There's been rumors maybe even Tannehill gets cut and the Browns pick him up if they want to do a little Madden action there. But regardless, very tight game. Um, DTR played well. The Steelers were not making much noise They're on offense, and um, it also shows how stellar this Browns defense really is. And in this game as well, I'm starting to think, is Kenny Pickett really going to be the guy in the Steelers, on the Steelers? I still think he has a long way to go. He's not showing me anything on why I should believe he is a franchise quarterback. So why don't we talk to the Steelers fan in this chat and explain to us how you felt about this game and, um, you know, difficult loss on the road. I will say, like, you know, any loss on the road is crazy. You know, it's a tough loss, divisional loss. Um we get my Mike Tomlin Tuesday on real quick. You know what I'm saying? It was a tough loss. You know, they got in our, they, they, they got, they, they made some exceptional plays. Our defense is really banged up. I will say that, but the elephant in the room, right. For all my Steelers fans, right. The praises, all the talks, they said it wouldn't happen, but it did. And we got rid of Canada because this is America. Yes, that's right. It was announced this week that they fired offensive coordinator Matt Canada. For wretch. We don't need that. We like Matt, but we don't like Canada. This is America. We're Steelers. You feel me? Like, okay, theatrics aside, it was a horrible game, but not completely offensively horrible. It was more so, all right, but at some point, the the Pittsburgh tried, um, the Steelers tried, a QB sneak, right? Kenny Pickett clearly, you clearly see the padding on his ribs. He's still suffering a rib injury, I think, from that Titans game. So, with that being said, and he showed really good glimpses when he's not injured, and when that offense actually opens up and does what it has to do, Kenny shows that he can win them games. I don't need Kenny to be this blowout quarterback. I need him to manage the game. They need to run the offense, right? And they he needs to throw the ball certain occasions, score touchdowns, manage, win, don't turn over the ball, right? And Kenny can prove when he's healthy, he can do that. When the offense isn't making stupid plays, he can do that. When he has, I feel like this entire time, I'm just going on a little tirade real quick, but I have to. This entire time, they have not trusted him with the keys to that offense. It's like Matt Canada's been like, it's my offense. Like, you know, like that's just what it been. And, and it kind of felt like that when Ben was still there, Ben kind of had his problem with Matt Canada. And it's kind of like, you know, like we're doing all these dipper dunks and it's, he's looking like Ben can't throw the ball. Ben still had an arm. Yeah. He came back from surgery. So yeah, the dipping dunks were to compensate for that. But after that, you know, work your boy out. Don't put him in the game right away. Now when he's healthy, have him sling the rock, no deep plays. I literally went on Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers Twitter. And I, and I, and I wrote a letter as a fan, and I said, please bring back the Killer Bees offense, the playbook, bring it back. Spread them out. Send them through the ash. Send them to the numbers. Air the ball out like like, like, like you got like you got Juju still on the team covering so Antonio Gates is the, Antonio Brown. Oh, listen, 
I am flustered be talking about this because it's enraging to watch literally your offense look like it doesn't know what's going on out there. You literally see Kenny Pickett getting swarmed by three to four Browns on one play. I don't care if it's a screen. Like, who designed this? What is this? Like, a, a second year, a, sec, a second grader? Like, I say all this to say, we handle rookies as the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look at the record. We take care of rookie quarterbacks. Twice this year, we have gone down to rookie quarterbacks. One of them is exceptionally well. The, like, except plays exceptional. The second one, I don't even know who the guy. Who? I don't even know who Dorian the guy was. Thompson. He's he's a guy from UCLA. He's a, he's a fifth rounder. Hey, look, we got washed. Not even in a bad way, but I count this as a wash because we got oh, like when you look at Dorian, when you look at DTR play, DTR was playing exceptional for a rookie. Actually, like not even like that. He was chucking it crazy down the field, but it's more like the plays that he were making that were smart were good. He's and a poised quarterback. And he's not afraid of uh, staying in that pocket and a lot of respect to him. And, you know, as you're moving bars with this, I I understand your frustration seeing a team that I do think is better than they thought. But I don't know. As a Jets fan, this this game was infuriating, too, because if you had even competent quarterback play, this team is seven and three. The, the, bet the Cleveland Browns are seven and three with PJ Walker and this guy who can't even throw for more than 170 yards. And the fact that the Jets can't get anything, even competent quarterback play, they would have been six and four. They could have been. They could have actually had a legit chance at the playoffs with that defense. And then we still were four and six because of the crap we have at offense. And even this this offense is terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> Terrible. And they're seven Elijah Moore's not uh, they're impressing you. The Steelers offense is terrible, too, when they're 6-4. and four. And the I fact know. that we could have even had sort of a competent quarterback, we could have won two or three more games. Show Steelers That's just don't so turn over. as a Jet fan. Because we're out of it at 4-6. Jets are out of it. They're like, it's just when you see the Browns winning games with Dorian Thompson-Robinson, nothing against the guy. He's fine. Well, like, you know, he's he's not very good either. Like, I, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I reiterate. Who? Like, yo. Like, I I will say this. To see a Jets fan be inferior at a Steelers game that he wasn't even involved in is salacious. But I will, I will, I will, I will. It's not salacious. It's just, it's just seeing what my team could have been. The fact that you're seven and three with that quarterback and PJ Walker and the fact, and the fact that we're this bad with the second overall pick. Like, it's, it's frustrating. And it's like, yo, it's madness because it's like, yo, look at this kid come in. He seems more poised than Kenny. I will say that Kenny needs to. Well, Kenny needs, Kenny needs better coaching. And I did write a letter Kenny to Kenny too. I wrote a letter to Kenny. If I gotta, if I gotta, if I gotta stick these screenshots and send them to you so you can put it up for the reels. I wrote a letter to Kenny too. I told him, don't listen to all the noise, man. Just keep going and play. And if you injured, you know what? Kudos to you for playing through it. Literally, sometimes you just need words of encouragement. And I hope those words, maybe they didn't. But if they got to him, yo, next week, Kenny. When you throw that ball to George Pickens, make sure he gets a deep ball. When you throw that ball, you get that touchdown, and you finally break, I don't know, whatever it is, your best game ever, make sure you look in that camera and you say, thanks, Bars. Man, how can he not How can he not be inspired after that? Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, the franchises are all dictated by the, those decision makers. And it seems like let's, you know, the Browns, Jets and 
Lions were all intertwined with each other for a little bit as being incompetent franchises. And what do we see from an improved general manager at with the Lions? They are eight and two right now. They have a lot of promise. Sure, anything can happen, but they were able to draft right. I mean, and the Browns have a good coach too. Stefanski's a good coach. True. So, and you know. The Browns picked the right coach. coaches to Stefanski. Um, the Jets didn't in Robert Sala. And, you know, also obviously the Lions and Dan Campbell. That's somebody anybody wants to play for. But um, football's, football is the most cruel sport of them all. But it's also, you know, it shows who's really about it. We talk about attrition here, but something we just it's it's it is easy on paper how to fix it but it's hard to implement it clearly. Right. Oh, well, but at least for the Browns and Steelers, they do have some hope technically in the standings and we'll see where they go here. But speaking of the Lions, now they actually struggled against the Bears in a returning Justin Fields. They were down by 12 points with four minutes left in the game and they stormed back to get the victory thanks to turnovers on defense. And um, Jameer Gibbs, you know, finally he, he... Obviously, a slow start to the season, got playing time restricted from him, and he's come in and stepped up and being the high draft pick that they expect him to be. And um, the Lions really had some bad stretches, and the Bears with the returning fields didn't stop them. And um, very impressive win for Detroit. And uh, they kept it real on defense. And now moving forward, the Lions have a really easy schedule for the rest of the season, if you don't mind me reading it real quick. Here's the Detroit Lions schedule coming into the next um in the final six weeks of the season, you have the Packers on Thanksgiving, 1230. I think, um, I think they will finally be able to have their number. They play the saints who have been, um, on a downfall lately. They play the bears who reckon they did, um, reckon they did play them hard this past week. I do think the lions will not allow that to happen again. Broncos could be a difficult game. So far, the game is actually to be determined, so it might even get flexed. Then you play a Vikings team, which is tough too, and then the Cowboys. So about half and half um, than what I said before. So excuse me on that. I got confused. But the Lions, regardless, regardless though, the Lions are a better team in most of these matchups anyway. So um, this is a really good team. I mean, not much to talk about the Bears. We know that they're rebuilding. They have the number one overall pick at the moment. And... Um, so that's all I have to say about the Bears. Good, good to see Justin Fields putting an effort, but the Lions guys, nice comeback victory. Um, it's Jared Goff. You know what I'm saying? Not like, much to really say about that. It's a, basically it's a like team. Sometimes and, he'll surprise me. Sometimes he'll let me down. Um, but hey, honestly, when you stop and look at it, it was a really good game. That defense got some sleepers on it. That's how I look at it. Um, they got good coaching, like you said. You change a couple things in the front office, and everything flips around for y'all. I mean, there's not really much to say about this game. I mean, at the end of the day, Detroit made the plays to, to win the game. They will be a playoff team. They probably will win the division, which is um, a big ass, a, bi- a big thing considering the last time they won a division. I want to say it was 1992, I believe. Yeah, the 90, 92. Was or ninety two or ninety three was the last time the Detroit Lions won the division. So, um, it's going to be really cool at the fact that they're they're finally good, Detroit. Um, so I mean, there's not really that much to say about that game. I mean, they're an eight and two team. I I have them as one of the best five teams in the NFL right now. I'm taking a great job. Kudos to them. Um, and then you know, uh, the winner next game, and you know, keep going, and hopefully they can win a game in the playoffs. 
So they're going to be a tough team to beat. They got a good coaching. They got a good coach. They got a good coach, a good quarterback. Um, Jameer Gibbs can run the ball. They got a good pass rusher in Aiden Hutchinson. So they got a lot of things going. And, uh, you know, good to see Justin Fields play well in his return. Um, hopefully he gets the right organization with and gets out of the Bears. So not really that much else to say. So. Hey, that's all you got to say sometimes. A good team is a good team and fun to watch. And Jared Goff, at least this season, showing, you know what, I am going to make the Los Angeles Rams regret trading me to Detroit, Yeah, I mean, he made, he made the Pro Bowl last year. I mean, you know, he's, you know, I want to say he's like, what are they, they went 9-8 and eight last year. They're 8-2 and two right now. So, I mean, yeah. you know, it's like 17-10, uh, and 10, you know, it's last, you know, 27 games. So it's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. The Packers and the Chargers. Oh, here's something God. I want to talk about here, right? God. So, gut-wrenching loss for the Chargers as the Packers have a huge comeback victory. The Car- Chargers are clearly going to make a change at head coach. Brandon Stanley had some very choice words in his press conference coming at the fans, which, you know, as soon as you fight the fans, it's over for you. You are um, on death row at that point. You're going to lose your job. Um, The Chargers clearly had bad drops on offense. Jordan Love was that dude on Sunday, even with an injured Aaron Jones, still composed and um, Lambeau. And yeah, like, here's the thing. Like, I have some quotes with Stanley. That's the thing I'm... I mean, we talk about Stanley for two years now and the issues he's had. He says, quoted the press conference after the game, stop asking me about the defense. I'm calling the plays. I'm not talking to the fans. And yeah, um, I think he knows. And I've said, I think Bill Belichick should be the person to take over the Chargers. But um, we still have weeks that we could talk about that. But man, this is going to be a frustrating um, season if the Chargers at least don't make the playoffs. You were supposed to win this game against the Packers. Awful loss for them. Yeah, no, it was it was terrible. I mean, it's it must be frustrating as a Chargers fan to see you know this head coach who's clearly above above his water. Like, what's the phrase? What's the phrase? Like a fish? Was the phrase fish out of water? Fish out of water. Fish out of water. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this head coach is just not the guy. Um, they need to go a different direction. Um, not really that much else to say for this game. I mean, it's it, it must be infuriating having that much talent on both sides of the ball and still being this bad. Um, in, in, in other ways, it's, you know, they have Justin Herbert who they're, they're wasting a, you know, a, a potentially, you know, very, very talented quarterback, you know, Eckler. Um, yeah, they, they just need, they need a different voice in my opinion. Um, so that's really all I'm going to say about that. Um, interestingly enough, Green Bay is only a game and a half out of the, the seventh seed and they're in the same division as Minnesota. So they're going to be playing each other. Um, that is a team to watch at the, the end of the season. Um, Minnesota's six and five. Seattle six and four, like that seven spot. Nobody seems to want to grab it in the NFC. So if Minnesota, if uh, Green Bay wins a game or two, they're right back in it. Um, so that's actually something that's interesting. I want to say they played Detroit this week. So let's say Green Bay wins that game versus Detroit, um, and then they you know, they have a pretty tough schedule coming up. But they play Detroit, they play Kansas City, the Giants, Buccaneers, Panthers, the Vikings, the Bears. Um, got a lot of winnable games there for Green Bay. So they could get to eight or nine wins. It's just a team you want you want to be looking out for. Jordan Love has actually, for his rookie year and the first really time in extended playing time, it's not his rookie year, but the first time he's getting extended playing time hasn't been terrible. Um, you got to be happy at some of the some of what you've seen from Jordan Love. It's not been not been horrifically bad. Um, so, you know, in, in a in a in a conference where the seventh seed is wide open right now, the last playoff spot's wide open. Nobody seems to want to gain it, and 
Minnesota's still playing with Josh Dobbs. Something to look out for. Not trying to blow too much smoke up on the Green Bay Packers, but that's all I really have to say in that game. Yo, bad beat for Chargers, man. Tired of it. Like, we got to put them on the hot seat. Like, they let too many games go. This was a game that they clearly should have won. They should have outclassed this team legitimately on offensive yeah, defense. Bad, bad beat. It's and you gotta catch that. Ball. You gotta catch that ball if you're um, Quentin Johnson. You Yo, it is what it is, man. There's not really much for me to say about that. Um, like Matt said, you attack the you attack the fans. You basically put yourself like out to pasture. Like so, I mean, it is what know, it is for him. It's just with that seventh spot in the NFC. Like nobody seems to want to claim it. So it's like I'm just looking at the teams right now that are competing for it. Like it's it's pretty bad right now. Like, probably eight or nine wins is going to get it. So, I mean, one of these teams, I, I'm not I'm not, I'm not, not putting it past Minnesota to maybe lose some games with Joshua Dobbs, like a new quarterback. Like, they're not invincible. Like, nobody is, nobody's out of it. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But, you know, just keep an eye on that. Like, one of these teams coming up is going to contend for the seventh spot. So, it could be Green Bay. could be the Rams. You know, so that's really about it. Not much to talk about with this next game. The Cowboys defeated the Panthers 33-10. to We expected this. Um, Darren Bland, though, getting his fourth pick, six of the season. After taking over for T- Trayvon Diggs after his injury in practice, season-ending ACL injury, Packers, I mean Packers, the Cowboys really um, might be a force to be reckoned with. As long as Dad Prescott doesn't make stupid mistakes and he beats teams like the Carolina Panthers, who are a mess right now, um... The Cowboys are going to be a very tough team. Only could be a matter of time if they blow it, though. Yeah, I mean, I mean, go ahead, yeah, let's go. As the season progresses, uh, yeah, I mean, that is. I mean, Dallas. I mean, you have you have Deron Bland. He, he could be a defensive player of the year right now. Four pick sixes. Um, that's pretty pretty impressive. And you also have Michael Parsons. So definitely some talent on the Dallas side of the ball. I mean, I only have much to say. Which is, I don't want to be awful, but um, it's nice to see Dak Prescott at least one though. I'll let you know. All good, Hayden. Is there something? Are you? I can't hear the rest of your take. Is everything good? Uh, yeah. Okay, I can hear you now. But yeah, like I said, this is just a beatdown. That's it. Why don't we just move on? Honestly, uh, Broncos versus the Vikings, which was actually a pretty dope battle on Sunday night. Um, and respect for the Pastronaut and. Joshua Dobbs for keeping it close, but the Vikings come up just short from a big comeback. Um, uh, they come up just short after the Broncos have a huge comeback and uh, keep their winning streak up to four games. And Russell Wilson has really improved, and um, getting another fourth quarter comeback on his belt. Um, one thing to talk about, Hayden, if you want to span expand that a little more, maybe the Broncos are a sneaky team in this division. Yeah, I or at least getting a playoff spot and see yeah, if they can do damage. I, I, from I there. do. I actually think that I, I I think there's a very good chance they can get the last spot in the AFC. Um at five and five. Um, I'm looking at the rest of the AFC right now. Um of the teams that are five and five, you have the Indianapolis Colts, you have the Bengals, the Raiders, um, you have the Jets, the Patriots, um, all those teams, all those teams, Pittsburgh's Kenny Pickett is awful. They're six and four. Um, Buffalo has been inconsistent, and they have the high, the head-to-head because they already beat. Um, I'm pretty sure. Actually, I think it goes by conference record. So Denver, yes, Denver, right now, Denver right now would have the head-to-head over um, over Buffalo because they, they beat them head-to-head, and they have a better conference record. So, I mean, I, I don't see why I don't see why Denver can't get that last spot. Like, I, I don't see why not. 
Like, I, I think Russell Wilson's playing at almost an MVP level. He's been awesome, actually. He has 19 touchdowns, four picks. Um, Sean Payton has completely turned that team around after that 70-point debacle. But I think... I think in, in in an NFL team, it takes me. It takes it. Maybe that was their wake up game where you know they got their they got their butts handed to them by by Miami. Seventy points. That maybe that that's what woke them up because Russell Wilson has a one hundred four point three passer rating. He's completing sixty nine percent of his passes, um, two thousand yards, nineteen touchdowns, four picks. He's actually been one of the best quarterbacks in the league this year, Russell Wilson. So um, it's it's pretty nice to see that this is, you know, uh, um, this is something that you know. He's, he's been able to turn it around. So I don't see why Denver can't get that last play spot. I think them and the Bills are I, I think them and the Bills are the two best teams for, for competing for that seventh spot. I think I think they're better than Pittsburgh. Um I think I mean unless uh, it could be better in Houston, but I, I don't know. I, I just I think Denver's better than Indianapolis. I think they're better than Pittsburgh too. So I don't see why they can't get that last spot. I mean I kind of agree. Yeah. I, one second. Sorry. Nice zooming. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. A little quick little difficulty. Um, I agree that they could possibly sneak up on that spot, not because Pittsburgh's trash, but because they could definitely sneak up on that spot. Um, the AFC is just like you well, like it's not as good as we thought it was. It is still it is still like the AFC North is still a very big powerhouse and there are still some big teams throughout the AFC, but it's not as it's not as heavy as we as we thought it was going to be. It's pretty much looking just like the NFC, not as not as heavy as it used to be back in the day. But like you know, you got your teams at the top, and that's pretty much it. Um, it was good for Russell yeah. Wilson. They needed to win this game. Like it's not even of the fact like for their like playoff ranking, but they needed it for morale. They needed it to keep that going. Like. Um, and credit, credit, credit to Denver, you know, one of five, they could have mailed it in. They won four straight, so credit to them. Come on, like, yo, I'm, like, you know what I'm saying? And they I needed know. this win. So when the, as the rest of the season progresses, a loss ain't going to contain them anymore. Like, you know what I'm saying? They're not going to be, like, battered anymore. Like, because I felt like they were playing battered in a way almost. Like, they just didn't want to play anymore. Like, lethargic, all the losses were just killing them. But I feel like with – even like the turnaround of Russell Wilson, they kind of like feel it as a team and they're kind of like, yeah, we can play now. The groove for this team just looks different. And for, you know, for Minnesota, you got to felt, you got to still develop a game plan for Joshua Dobbs. Cause like they're, they're only a game and a half up on the Rams, the Packers, you know, the rest of the NFC. So they, they still got to win. Like they, they don't have a cake. They don't have a cake rock schedule either. Like they're going to be playing versus teams, you know, who are, who are going to be competing for playoff spots too. So it's like, you know, you know, they still have to play. They still have to play the Packers. I believe, you know, they still have to play them. They still have to play the, you know, I mean, their schedule isn't too bad coming up, but like they get the bears, the Raiders, hopefully they, they should be able to beat the bears and the Raiders. But that being said, with Justin Fields playing well, not, it's not, a, it's not a gimme game. Um, they still have to play the Lions twice too. So, I mean, you got to be a little concerned if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan. I do agree, but I do think at least this season, if anything, has showed that Kevin Connell is a great coach, a good coach, um, who I think yeah, a lot is, of teams yeah, can, he's can pretty good from. Um, at least Josh Dobbs shows that competent quarterback play. You do have Justin Jefferson returning next week, and if. And it seems like we have a new great duo in Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson. 
The future is bright. And Austin Matheson, I still think there's a ceiling that he think he can get higher from. So, yeah, don't take it lightly. But the Vikings, they could be a tough loss for them. Things went a little differently. They could have the win. But um, they are a team to put on notice, though, as they are in the hunt. Rams and the Seahawks played each other. The Seahawks missed a crucial game-winning field goal. Tough, tough, tough. Geno Smith is hurt. Still figuring out his prognosis there. But uh, Matt Stafford came back and had a good game. But um, we know the Rams aren't going anywhere. It's just the Seahawks. Are they going to go anywhere after this tough loss? Can they bounce back from it? I mean, I wouldn't say the Rams aren't going anywhere. Like, Like I said, the NFC is so wide open this year. So it's like, you know. There's going to be a couple of teams that are contending. So, true. I, mean, I just, I just don't see that on basically the defensive side of the ball. Besides Aaron Donald, I think that's that, 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 that's that being said, like you know, the Seahawks, the Seahawks have to play the 49ers coming up. Like the Seattle schedule is pretty difficult coming up. So, yeah, like just on paper, I, I would, I would say that the Seahawks are a playoff team for sure. Um, but that being said, you, you know, their, their schedule coming up is pretty brutal. You have to play the Niners. You have to play Dallas. Um, <laughs> you got to play the Eagles. I mean, they have to play the Eagles. The Niners, they have to. This is their their next four games coming up: the Niners, the Cowboys, the 49ers, and the Eagles. Like that, those are that's essentially three, that's all that's playoff a, teams. That's a brutal stretch. Like they, they they could be six and eight after that. So it's like, you know, um, but you know, then they end the season with like the Titans, the the Steelers, and the, and the Cardinals. So you got to win like. If you're the Seahawks, you got to get to like at least two of those somehow. You you one, at least one of those four, and then you'll be seven and what are they six and four right now? Yeah, I could even argue you, you got, have to you win at be, least you, two of you, them. You got to be, I would say, you got to be seven and seven or eight and six after those. After and those, one of, and one after of those games has to be the 49ers for the divisional and yeah. conference sake. So yeah, so it's like I mean, I'm just looking at that like. I'm looking at like the the Rams schedule. Like it's it's gonna, the Rams schedule isn't too bad. Um, neither is like the, the the Packers. So it's like these are teams that could make up some ground. Like the Rams play the the Rams play coming up. They play they play the Cardinals, the Browns, the you know the Commanders, the Saints, like the Giants. They they have pretty easy schedule coming up at the end of the season. So it's just it really depends who who you're playing. Like I I think Seattle Seattle's obviously a better team than than the than the Rams. But they've they've shown they've shown that they are. Although, although the Rams did beat the Rams beat the Seahawks twice this year, so you know, obviously, maybe not, but like you know, um, so yeah, I mean, it's 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 going to be a dog eat dog world um, in in the NFC. But I think the Rams showed me something they can win a close game. Um, I mean, Seattle, I think is going to still be in it. There's just there's going to be three or four teams that are going to compete, and it really depends who schedules easier. Excellent takes, guy. Excellent takes. So, just two more games to go. The 49ers and the Buccaneers. 49ers pretty much handled the Buccaneers with a score of 27-14. to 14. An expected win, though Baker Mayfield did play well. Um, San Francisco was just the better team. And Brock Purdy specifically, very stellar in a three-touchdown game. And again... Though I quite I was questioned after the 49ers defeated the Jacksonville team that with the return of Trent Williams sorry though I was questioned if they were a Super Bowl contender after Trent Williams and Debo returned for the Jacksonville win now I still think this shows even more that they still still score points that they might be the only team that could compete against the Eagles. And as long as everybody stays healthy, which is the key that Bars mentioned, this team can make a return to the Super Bowl in the Shanahan era. I think Brock Purdy 
though, if you want to say the jury's out on him, if you want to talk about if he's a top 10 quarterback or not, does make some mistakes here, but with the weapons he has and Brandon Ayuk really turning into a number one receiver after being number two, Debo's still Debo. George Kittle, one of the best tight ends in the game. Christian McCaffrey, enough said. And they protect him, protect Birdie on offense. Man, you have to be really excited if you're a San Francisco fan. I mean, yeah, San Francisco on paper is the best team in I not just in the in the NFC, but the best team in the league on paper. Well, on both sides of the ball. If I'm just going by talent. <laughs> That's what I believe. Um, so you know. They proved again once time and time again. They proved that they can move the ball on offense. Um, I, I, I'm not as high on San Fran as other people. Um, Same. I, I don't think they're as, as good as people. Same. I mean, they should be the best team on paper in the in the league. If I'm just looking at both sides of the ball. Um, but that being said, that it's they kind of have been out of sync a little bit at times this year. But at the same time, they are seven to three. So, I mean, we're going to see what this team's made of when they play the, the Seahawks and they play the Eagles coming up. So. Not really that much to say. I mean, if they can, if they they're they're going to make the playoffs, they should be a team that should compete for the Super Bowl. Um, and yeah, that's really all I have to say. Um, it was nice and, to see Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's been playing on an MVP level, which is more than what could be said about that last year. So, I pretty much agree with your take, uh, except for the, you know Brock Purdy part. But I pretty much agree with your take. It's like especially the part where you say on paper. Keywords there on paper. Yeah, that's like, different. On paper is different than the actual game. You know what I'm saying? So like that is what it is. They have key factors that if they go down, it's pretty much it for that. Like you know, offense or defense. So it is what it is. But I'm just not sold on Brock Purdy, not yet. And I'm still not sold on their offense fully. Yeah, to all kudos to Brandon Ayuk breaking out, becoming the number one. I will say, um that it's still very lackluster in my opinion on, on paper. They look really, really great on paper. They look really, really good. Um, and they beat the 49ers. It's nothing to, it's nothing to you know, wink at nothing to call home about. So. Wait, who? Cause you just said that they, Oh, sorry. They played the Buccaneers. It's nothing, yeah, to, it's nothing yeah, to, to call home about. Like it's nothing to like, it's like, no, it's just, hey, Baker's not really it for me. He never has been. That defense is starting to dry out. I mean, they still got some young pieces, but for the most part, those pieces that were like I mean, really solid. You know, hopefully, hopefully Baker can get that fire back because you know nobody in the NFC South seems to want to win that division. It's kind of going to be a clash year. Yeah, y'all got way more faith in Baker than I ever will. I don't have any faith in him at all, but it's just nobody, nobody in that division wants to seem to win it. <laughs> Clearly, Jacksonville and the Titans played. Jacksonville won thirty-four to fourteen. After a horrendous shutout against the 49ers the week before, they did nothing but score. And can the Jags, Jacksonville Jaguars run the board and uh, be a contender in the playoffs I mean, again? They have to they have to hold off the the Texans because they play they play this week for the division. Yeah. The six and four Texans are playing the seven and three, seven and three on um, Jacksonville Jaguars, which by the way, if the NFL can, they should flex that game. They should make that game a Monday night game if if if, if they can. Um, I think that's forcing the deadline is passed for that. Oh yeah, but, I mean, I would say I would say if they could, they they should they should flex that game because this week the Monday night game is the Monday night game is is not exactly great this this week. 
Yeah, the Monday night game is uh actually the Monday night game actually is gonna be is, it's okay actually the Monday night game is is uh Bears Vikings so I mean <laughs> you're gonna want to keep that because it's a divisional game but I mean if there was any way you could flex the the touch Texans and the Texans and Jaguars who are playing for first place that would be good but um yeah I mean it's gonna be a good game though I mean you know next week to see if they can hold off C J Stroud C J Stroud in my opinion is the MVP so they got to hold off the MVP of the league right now. That's who. That's yeah, who. I that's who I think is the MVP. I'm. I'm. I'm going to say it flat out. CJ Stroud, right now. CJ Stroud, your MVP. That's 100. Yeah, he's busting. If he makes, if they make the to the playoffs, they make the playoffs. If they win the division, if they win the division or make the playoffs, 100 is a lock that he's going to win MVP. He, I've never he, seen he a rookie. Would deserve it. He would I've never seen a rookie quarterback it. be this good coming out of college, like in his first year. Maybe Cam Newton, maybe Andrew Luck, but I mean, even then, you know. But he's he better like in 350 yards every week. Remember. He's doing this with a very young team, and his receivers are his best receivers. And are he has a rookie, too. and he has a rookie head coach too, and D'Amico Ryan's. So, so there you go, there you go. So why don't we move on to our picks? So one thing I said is, um, we're gonna do this, um, go through each game, but instead we'll just go through the spreads, and uh, we'll do rapid fire that way. So yeah, why not, don't we I'm start? Not gonna, I'm not gonna get my score. I'll just give you the spread or whatever. No worries. Yes, that's even better. So let's get this school. Let's get, let's start. This week is Thanksgiving. This Thursday's Thanksgiving. So you have your traditional Thanksgiving games, starting with the Detroit Lions at 1230 every Thanksgiving. They play the Green Bay Packers. Detroit is opening at minus seven and a half. What's going to happen? Right. I'm going to give a surprise one here. I'm going to go, I'm going to take uh, Jordan Love and, and the Packers up to the, the, the Lions. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take a. I'm gonna take a. I'm gonna take a Green Bay with the money line. Ooh, nice bold pick on that one. <clears throat> what was that one again? Sorry. Green Bay. Packers Lions. Seven and a half is your spread. Lions. Lions all day. I didn't want to play that game. <clears throat> I actually am going with the Lions as well. Give the. I'm gonna go with the points there. I think they can win by 10 points in this. Then you, another tradition on Thanksgiving, the Dallas Cowboys play at 430. The Washington Commanders are going to be their opponent. Dallas is opening at minus 11. Um, I do think at home, again, going off another blowout win and playing against a weaker defense, just like when they were 17 points favorites against the Giants. I think they could do the same as eleven point favorites. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think Dallas is going to win with the money line, but they won't cover the spread. So I'll go Dallas by. I'll go like Dallas thirty to twenty. So what's eleven, right? So that would be that would be. Yes. I'll take yeah, yeah. I'll take Washington to cover, but Dallas to win. Yeah, I'm going with that too. All right, the San Francisco 49ers are playing the Seattle Seahawks for your Thanksgiving evening game. San Francisco's mining at. Is opening at minus seven for the, for the division lead, by the way, because because the the forty ers are seven and three, and the the uh, Seahawks are six and four. That's right. So who's going to take the, the lead in the division, and with the spread being seven points for San Fran? I'll take Seattle with the um. I'll no, no I'll, I'll take Seattle with the spread and, and San Francisco with the money line. I'll go Seattle. I'll go San Fran uh, twenty six twenty. I'll go the opposite of that and go with the Seahawks. All right. Now, for the first time ever, the NFL is having a game on Black Friday. I will be there. So, three o'clock. The Dolphins are 
Enjoy in town that. against the Jets. Miami is opening at minus 10. For me, I actually think take the money line for Miami, but I think the Jets keep it close. Uh, no, I'm taking I'm taking Miami with the money line and Miami with the spread. If I was a betting man, I hopefully not. I hope the Jets win the game, of course. But I mean, be, I would say be smart and take take Miami with the money line and Miami with the spread. Yeah, same. I would, if I uh, were telling other people, money line and spread for Miami. So we have a bunch of so we get to Sunday. A lot of rivalry games here, starting at one o'clock. The Steelers and the Bengals play. The Steelers are going to Cincy. The Pittsburgh's opening at just a one point favorite. Give me the Steelers with the one point, and um, I think they'll be able to defeat the Bengals without Burrow. Yeah, I'll give me Cincinnati. I think it's hard to lose to rookie quarterbacks back to back, no matter how bad your offense is. Um, so give me, give me, um, give me Pittsburgh with the money line and the spread. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. Like, we, like twenty uh, to seventeen. I don't know who we got uh, running the offense now. I got to look into that when we get when we're done, do my research. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna also take the Pittsburgh on this one with the spread and the money line. Jacksonville plays Tennessee. No, Tennessee. Jacksonville plays the Houston Texans, a big divisional game as well, rivalry game. Jacksonville's opening at minus two on the road. Give me the Texans. They're going to be able to cover that spread and win by a field goal and uh, take the lead in the AFC South. I'll take I'll take Jacksonville for this game with the, with the money line. Ooh. I'm going with Matt on this one. The exact same call. I really feel like it's going to be close. Win that shit by will that win that one by field goal. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to Lucas Oil Stadium to play the Colts after they return from the bye. Indy is opening at minus two and a half without Shaq Leonard. And give me the Buccaneers covering the spread and um, winning as underdogs here at mine at plus two and a half. Yeah, Real I quick. got the same thing. I got the same thing you got, Matt. Real quick, why did they get rid of Shaq? I, I didn't actually see the reason, but they, they just waved him. him. Yeah. Hey. Weird at five and five. I don't know. I, 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 I haven't looked up? into the story, so. If we pick him up, let's get him. All I'm going to go is, I'm going to go with the Buccaneers on this one because I've never been solid on Baker Baker Mayfield, but I've also never been solid on Gardner Minshew. And so, like, yeah, their, def- their offense is a little wishy-washy this year. Definitely going to go with the Buccaneers on this one because I don't trust the Colts. <laughs> My God. Speechless games getting excited for you. that exciting. No, no, I'm just I'm just taking a check. Uh, is uh, is Buffalo coming up? We're picking that game pretty soon. Yes, yes. Um, Buffalo has a hundred and four point differential and is only six and five. That's got to be the highest point differential in the history of the NFL to be only six and five. <laughs> it's ridiculous how high their point differential is and how they're they're six and five. <laughs> Yes, yes. So just before we get to that's the 425 game. We're almost done with the ones. We have the Saints and the Falcons. Saints returning from their bye as well. Atlanta's opening at minus one at home. Give me the Atlanta Falcons at home covering the one point. Well, I'm taking this New Orleans Saints in this game. Give me the Saints with the spread and money line. I'm taking the Saints with the spread and the money line as well. Hmm. 
Might as well kick it. Okay, continuing on, my friends. We have the Giants and the Patriots playing a tankathon game. The Patriots are actually your favorites on the road against the Giants at minus three. You know what? Just because, give me the Giants. Give me the, uh, as the underdog, I think they'll be able to win. And uh, Tommy Cutlets will be more of a folk hero here. He'll do a Jersey Mike's commercial. Everybody will continue to be celebrating the Italians. And um, I even think they're actually less of a mess than the Patriots, believe it or not. So yeah, I, I have uh, I have Saquon with you know, with a big with a big game. And give me the Giants money line and the Giants spread. week is live. Yo, until you said that, until you said that, like. That uh, Danny Cutlet or the the whatever the Cutlets or whatever Tommy Cutlets, yeah, I was gonna go with y'all. Really was, and then you hit me off with that. Y'all remember Danny Dimes? So um, we're we're just gonna. I'm just still gonna. I'm still gonna go with y'all. I'm still gonna go with y'all because I don't trust the Patriots. I don't think Matt Judon is back. No Matt, no problem. So yeah, my motto. The Panthers are playing the Titans in a boring ass game. Titans are opening at minus three and a half. Will Levis hasn't been uh, anything special lately. You know, give me Bryce Young with the second victory of his career, and they're going to um, win as underdogs on the road. Yeah, I'm taking Bryce Young to get his second one, too. I got the Titans. I got Will Levis getting his win on this one in a, in a nice kind of like beat-up fashion, kind of blow out the, the, the Panthers. This is a fun spread. The Rams and the Cardinals are playing where the Los Angeles Rams are only half a point, uh, half a point favorite. They are half a point favorite. I've not seen that ever in football. Um, give me, give me the Rams with the spread in the money line. Yes, give me the Rams with this money line. Might as well make it even. Um, but uh, anyways, Cardinals. Um, Cardinals. Okay. Give me the Cardinals. The Browns and the Broncos play a crucial game. <clears throat> Important season spot here. Denver is opening at minus two and a half. And I think they'll be able to cover that spread somewhat. Yeah, easily. I got I got Denver covering and Denver money on. I got I got I got Denver taking this. Um that defense is gonna shake up shake up shake shake it up a bit. But ultimately I think um Denver is gonna win this one. Sounds good. So we have the Kansas City Chiefs play the Las Vegas Rams at Las Vegas. Kansas City's opening eight minus nine. To the Raiders, you mean? What did I say? Yes, um, the yes. The yes. Kansas City Chiefs are playing the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes, Kansas City is opening at minus nine. And give me the Chiefs money line, but the Raiders spread. Yeah, I'm going with the same. Same as you are. Give me the Chiefs money line, the Raiders spread. Yeah, same thing. Except I'm gonna give uh. The, the Chiefs to spread. All right. Coming up next, we have the Baltimore Ravens going to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. The uh, Ravens and the Chargers. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, you know, we'll do the Chargers-Ravens because that's more – the Bills-Eagles is more um, interesting to talk after. So, um, Ravens and Chargers are playing on Sunday night. Baltimore is opening at minus three and a half. And I think Baltimore will be able to get that win easily on the road and give me the points there for them. Yeah, give me Baltimore with the win, but um, the, the the Chargers with the spread. Uh, give me the Chargers with the win, actually. 
Chargers with the win, actually. Good, good, good. Yeah, I don't think I don't think uh I think that Chargers secondary is still pretty good still. All right. Nice test for Lamar Jackson and that offense. The Bills and the Eagles play where the Philly on four twenty-five. The uh both Jesus. Sorry. The Buffalo Bills are going to Philadelphia where they are three and a half point underdogs against the nine and one Eagles. For this, give me the Eagles to cover the points give and me, to get this victory. Give me the Bills money line for here. Give me the Eagles. Go with you, man. I'm taking the Bills. Taking the Bills here. The Bills. I like the boldness. And our final Monday night game where the Chicago Bears are going to Minnesota. And Minnesota is opening at minus three and a half. I think Minnesota will be able to get the victory right away. And uh, they'll be able to cover the points against Chicago. Uh, I'm taking the Chicago Bears in this game. I'm taking the Bears on this one, too. The Bears should have beat the Lions last week. I'm, I'm going to I have them beating the uh, beating the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. And uh, uh, Justin Fields is back. Yeah. Yep. All yeah. right. Gentlemen, you did a great job as always. Happy Thanksgiving. Please enjoy it. Be safe out there. And remember gobble, gobble. what the holiday is for. So happy All Thanksgiving right. to Bars and Hayden. Happy Thanksgiving to you, the productive nation. And we will see you next week and talking about these games and look ahead to week hey, 13. Real quick, a little PSA for our people out there that are going to be eating turkey and watching football. Um, have fun and enjoy yourselves and always remember to be thankful because there's other out there's others out there who just don't have the ability to watch football or eat all that food so make sure you i don't know enjoy that and think about them too pray for them or whatever you got to do but enjoy your holidays yeah that's that's a uh, that's a good message bars you're a real one bars thank you everybody we'll see you soon this is a very productive conversation Great stuff, Hayden and Bars. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And a happy Thanksgiving. I'm very thankful for you guys. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding the show across all social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, X and Twitter at ProcomboPod. Or TikTok at Productive Conversations and Facebook at Productive Conversations. So as I mentioned, tomorrow... Tomorrow, we are dropping a Thanksgiving podcast. We are doing Topic Thunder, doing two quick tweet cap stories, and we're doing our third ever Topic Thunder with Jose and Ryan. And yeah, it's going to be pretty hilarious. You are going to learn a lot about those two. And yeah, no shame from either of them as they really revealed a lot. But regardless, it was great content. It was fun and entertaining. And we hope to take you this Thanksgiving weekend into a better and more happy and entertaining and quality place with this Topic Thunder show. So you don't want to miss that on Thanksgiving Day. Tomorrow, Thursday, the 23rd of November. Then we're back next week with a whole new slate of shows for the final week of November. We got week 12 of the NFL season. We got week 13 of the college football season. And we have another tweet cap for you. And it's going to be a special one indeed. So I want to thank Bars the God and Hayden Nather for their contributions to the show today. I want to thank 
Alex at Jesus, a.k.a. Dolo Rent, for what he does behind the scenes. And I want to thank you, the greatest fans and listeners in the world, for always supporting us no matter what. I hope everybody has a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope everybody checks in on their friends and family. And I hope everybody continues to be the best person they can be. And we have the greatest fans and listeners in the world. And thank you for always supporting us. My name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. And I will be seeing you tomorrow with a special Thanksgiving edition of this show. All right, everybody. We'll see you very, very soon. Peace.